Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. This is Sirius XM Progress. I'm John Fugelsang. Welcome to Channel 127. A good Friday to all y'all. We are here as we always are, five days a week at what the fuck o'clock to bring good trouble to the right wing bubble. Actually, it's rather a pleasant o'clock here in California. Uh, we've enjoyed doing our show from a place where you can still see the sun when we start. Hey, for the next three hours, we got a great one, and we want to hear from you guys as we make sense of the week we all just survived. Or if I should be more accurate, a week that not enough of us survived. We have been broadcasting out of Hollywood for the last two and a half weeks. My profound thanks uh, to, to Chris and Thea, our wonderful producers, for letting this happen. To all the guests we've had, to, to Russ for working the boards. Thank you, sir. Mr. Wolf has made it easy. I, I always say we have a good show. You, you, it's not usually. I, I know. I mean, I, I hype it up a lot on my own flavor, flavor, and then, but and then it's crushing disappointment. And I read your emails, but tonight I really mean it. It's it's really a good show. Uh, we're going to be having some comedian friends of ours, uh, Richard Chasler, Sarah Halstead, and Mona Shake will be here, and of course all night long, and author Kim Samuel as well, who's written a very moving book about belonging in an age when um, we keep reading articles about how adults don't have any friends anymore, and what does that mean? I always read about the number of how few friends adults have. I kind of thought it was supposed to be about the quality rather than the quantity. We are here because at the end of the day, there are things that must be mocked. So let's get to it. Can I just say at this point, I, I have to judge the morality of politicians based on how deeply billionaires hate them. It's, it's come to that. Um, so uh, let's talk about it. Um, first off, Kid Rock, bad news, real patriots. I have sad news. Uh, Kid Rock has gone woke. According to photos published on TMZ, and I trust them as much as Reuters, um, the pro-MAGA, faux-country, faux-rap, faux-star was spotted at a Nashville show the other night drinking a can of Bud Light. That Bud Light, yes, the beer that real Americans are supposed to hate because Bud Light has insufficient hatred for transgender American taxpaying citizens. Uh, Kid Rock helped kick off that big transphobic boycott. You remember his deeply manly scene where he had the assault rifle in his backyard and was shooting cases of Bud Light with his gun to hurt Budweiser? After paying them for the product he was destroying in his backyard, because if it wasn't flaccid anger, it wouldn't be Kid Rock. Remember he was shouting, fuck Bud Light and fuck Anheuser-Busch. Well, yeah, because there was one... Anheuser-Busch sent one single commemorative beer can to transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney during a brief little ad partnership. A huge right-wing back blast. He didn't mean it. He never stopped selling it in his bars. It's almost like Kid Rock is a complete fraud. In fact, you know what, folks? Kid Rock has said he's going to run for the Senate in Michigan. Yeah, he had Kid Rock. 
our generation's Leonard Cohen, Kid Rock, is going to run for Senate. And if he does, people, I promise you this. If he runs, I will run against him after changing my name to Kid Paper. Think about it. Think about That's me. I got a strategy. I'm not Ron DeSantis. I have a plan to win. Also, uh, Donald Trump is going to probably wait until the last minute to surrender to Georgia officials for charges relating to racketeering and conspiracy. You might have overheard it. It made a little bit of news this week uh, in his conspiracy to overrun the 2020 presidential election results. Donald Trump, who is a rapist, I, I think we should keep saying that and his 18 co-defendants have until noon on friday august 25th to report to fulton county jail and they're planning trump's surrender you can bet cash money will most likely happen early thursday morning to completely draw attention away from the republican debate which i want to talk about you know they don't think it'll be any earlier than thursday and he's still maintaining his innocence and the sycophants are saying it only makes donald trump stronger paul manafort who went to jail for uh, his crimes and was fired as Donald Trump's campaign manager for what was it again? Yes, colluding with Russia during the campaign. Uh, he said to Hannity earlier this week, it doesn't lessen his resolve at all. So <laughs> that's going to happen on Thursday. It's going to be beautiful. His actual height and actual weight will be recorded. There's some numbers he just can't lie about. So anyway, the debate, right? It's going to be on, uh, on Wednesday night. I won't be here. Uh, I'm on vacation. Due to popular demand, they kept calling the station saying, can you please make that guy take a few weeks off? And eventually they they heard your requests. I thought it was a bit much for Jimmy Carter and Bono to co-sign that letter asking me to be gone for a few weeks. But what, what can I do? So I'll be taking a couple of weeks off here in Southern California. We're going to have some wonderful real broadcasters come to fill in. You'll have some Joe Sudbay and some Max Burns. It's all going to be great. I'm not going to be here for the Republican debate. And it hurts me. I'll be at home watching. Actually, I'll be, I'll be watching after I watch Ashoka on the Dishing Dash Channel Network. I'm just going full nerd for this, but it's going to be interesting with at least seven candidates trying to audition for something, right? None of them are running against, well, none of them are running against Trump. You know, there's two or three that are against Trump, but they're not running against Trump. They're not running for the nomination. They'll never get the nomination. This is what our friend Tina Dupuis calls the presidential loser industrial complex. Some of them are running for higher public speaking fees. Some of them are running for media deals or a book deal. Some of them are just running to remind us that they're there. Chris Christie seems to be running for his ego and to put more space between himself and Trump. It's going to be quite interesting, though. You know, if you if you have 40,000 small donors, you can be in the debate or if you're polling, I think, above two uh, percent, which is very few of them. So Fox News asked North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum how he feels now that he's completely bought his way onto the debate stage. AA. What would you say to those who say you bought your way for a place on the stage. I, I would say meet an entrepreneur that knows how to solve a problem. <laughs> Other people that were trying to do this, if you went to one of the so-called professional fundraising firms, they were going to, was, they said, we can get you 40,000 donors. It'll only cost a hundred bucks a pop. That's 4 million. We did it for less than one fourth the price of what a professional fundraising firm, like one fifth the price. And anybody that's ever, an entrepreneur that's ever started an online business, you've got to, if you're, no one's heard of you and you've got a new online business, what do you do? You lead with a promotion. You get people to come to your site. And when they come, guess what? They buy a t-shirt, they buy a cup, they spend some money. A lot of people that came to that site spent a lot more than a buck. And a lot of them are coming back because there's saying we could use an entrepreneur in the White House. We could use a problem solver, someone that's just not following. Because that rule, that clubhouse rule was designed to keep people like me off the stage. It was perfect for D.C. insiders, perfect for people that have held national office. A huge barrier for someone who's coming from the outside that nobody knows. And we cracked our way through it in a matter of weeks. Yeah, that douchebag, um, that woman hating fraud. 
Entrepreneurs solve problems is a wonderful way of saying rich fucks can buy their way into office. That's pretty much what he was just. I'm a rich fuck, so I have a lot of money, so I can buy my way onto the debate stage and become more popular because my personality and stance on the issues won't do it. Um, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm an entrepreneur. You know, like George W. Bush, the entrepreneur who couldn't run an oil well in Texas. I'm an entrepreneur like Donald Trump, who couldn't run a casino in Atlantic City. Reporter Paul Steinhauser asked Mike Pence, currently getting his ass kicked in most presidential polls by margin of error, whoever that is. He asked Mike Pence about the GOP pledge debate. The participants have all agreed to sign because it's deeply legally binding. Mr. Vice President, got to ask you about the pledge. You have said you will take that debate pledge. At the same time, you've also said that somebody who doesn't uphold the Constitution maybe like your former running mate, should not be president. How do you square that? Well, I'm incredibly grateful for the outpouring of support across the country, Paul. <laughs> it's going to make it possible for us to be on that 2%, debate stage. A 2% outpouring. happy to meet the criteria. I'm just confident that uh, Republican primary voters know not only do we need new leadership in the White House, but we need new leadership in the Republican Party. Everywhere I go, people have been expressing thanks for our willingness to step forward, to stand as a proven conservative in this race. And they know that's the that's the prescription and that's the cure for what ails our country today, is getting back to the basics of strong conservative values. Uh, and I'm confident, uh, uh, I'm confident I'll be able to support the Republican nominee, especially if it's me. <laughs> it won't be you. That's Mike Pence, still alive, still not hung. So if Donald Trump's not there, which it looks like he won't be, and in fairness to Trump, I love saying that once and I try to say it, in fairness to Trump, why should he be there? I, I actually agree with Donald Trump on this. It's no reason to be, and it's going to be more interesting without him there. But what will they do? Will they attack the empty lectern or will they keep beating up each other? Ron DeSantis is not allowed to go after Vivek Ramaswamy. That's all I know after their latest leak. Brett Baer and Martha McCallum will be moderating so you know it's going to be a lot of hard-hitting follow-up questions for a fox news debate the ones who've qualified are desantis vivek ramaswamy who i think is running to become more famous so then he can run for senate or something it's kind of what marianne williamson should have done i hope she still does uh nikki haley tim scott chris christie mike pence and doug burgum so really what do you think are the most appropriate questions to ask. I'm not going to be here, guys. And I was thinking about how sad I was that I won't be here to make jokes about it. And I'm not going to size shame Chris Christie. I want you to know I'm not a hack like that. He can still he can still bounce back. And that's not that's not a fat joke, by the way, that he can. That's, he, he's not done. He can still climb any mountain with the aid of multiple Sherpas. But still, what I'm what I'm saying is Chris Christie, I'm not, I'm not making fun of the man. I don't call him a big fat liar. I call him a big boned liar. And um, he's going to go after Trump. The rest of them, you know, they're going to try to be vice president. Ron DeSantis, I think, has finally realized his best shot at being president is to completely take all of Trump's abuse like a little pudgy bitch, try to become vice president so Trump will get help winning Florida. And then in 2028, uh, run for office when Donald Trump voluntarily gives up the power. Yeah, that's his strategy. So I, I was thinking, what are some questions that should be asked that probably won't be at the debate? And this isn't even a bit. These are just real questions I'd love to hear. Let me share these with you. I have my top 10 questions I want to hear in Fox, but won't hear on Fox next Wednesday night since I won't be here. Now, half of these half of Republicans, almost half of Republicans say they wouldn't vote for Donald Trump in the election if he were convicted of a felony by a jury. So my question is, if credible evidence is out there that Donald Trump committed a crime 
should he be put on trial? If there's credible evidence he committed a crime, should he be on trial? Pretty simple. Uh, Number two, is Donald Trump capable of being elected and being an effective president? If no, why? And if yes, why are you still in the race? He is 79 points ahead of all y'all. If you think he could be a good, effective president, why are you still running? That's a question I'd love to hear. Uh, Number three, I would ask them, candidates, do people who use illegal drugs deserve to be in jail? Do people who use prescription drugs without a prescription deserve to be in jail? Number four, I would say to them, since they're under all this pressure from, you know, their anti-abortion folk who want federal restrictions and the majority of adults in this country who think it was wrong to overturn Roe v. Wade. My fourth question is, would you sign a 15 week abortion ban if Congress passed it? Not a lot of suspense there. But then my follow up question is, number five, do people who have abortions deserve to be in jail? This is a question I've never heard a single Republican politician asked. And I want to hear it. Do people who use illegal drugs deserve to be in jail? Do people who terminate pregnancies deserve to be in jail? One question about Biden, because Speaker McCarthy is going to open an impeachment hearing this fall inquiry into Biden's alleged ties to stuff Hunter Biden may have done that they can't seem to find evidence for. So rather than ask, do you have evidence? I would just say, do you believe Joe Biden has broken any laws? Yes or no. And then if so, which ones? I recommend you ask that question to your right wing friends and loved ones. Uh, Number seven. Every candidate should be asked, and maybe they will be asked this one, should the United States tell Ukraine to give up territory to Vladimir Putin to appease him and have a peace settlement with Russia? Because that's really one of the most divisive issues with our Republican friends. And the Biden administration and a lot of Republicans are still having a lot of aid sent to Ukraine, and I respect it. They are an ally. This is Hitler shit that Putin is doing. And I do think, yes, it is feeding the military industrial complex. Yes, it is feeding the evil war machine that Ike warned us about, no doubt. But this is what we have the evil war machine for. I don't like the war, but again, I want the war to end. And the only way the war ends is Vladimir Putin fucking what we call off. So I want to see if candidates will at least come down on that anywhere. Uh, Number eight, Republican candidates. What does your religion say about immigration? Should the U.S. use lethal force at our border? I know it's a two-parter, but I want to hear them answer it. Because as you know, if you listen to this show, the only law about immigration or borders in the entire Bible, Old Testament and New, is a commandment. So welcome the stranger. So what does your religion say about immigration? And should we shoot people at the border? Because that's become a mainstream GOP position. Bombing cartels in Mexico, which Ron DeSantis has talked about. Bombing our number one trading partner. Let's let them put their stupid out in the open. Uh, Question number nine. Should the IRS go after powerful people who cheat on their taxes? I want to hear every Republican answer that one. And as a follow up, ask them, are billionaires taxed too much? I just want to hear their answers. And finally, number 10, the most important question that should be asked to every Republican running for president. What is the cost of a gallon of milk? Meanwhile, we had a week where the governor of Pennsylvania signed a law saying that all kids should get lunch in school to not be hungry because that's good government. And Joe Biden had a landmark summit at Camp David between South Korea and Japan because that's what real governance is, not running around getting rubes to pay for your legal fees. Here is Joe Biden, uh, A1. You stepped up to do the hard work, I would argue historic work, to forge a foundation from which we can face the future together, the three of us together. And I'm deeply grateful for your leadership 
and I look forward to working with both of you as we begin this new era of cooperation and renew our resolve to serve as a force of good across the Indo-Pacific and, quite frankly, around the world as well. President Yoon, let me turn this over to you. Very nice. So then, it is now time, really quick, for Fake Christian Friday. This week, not a lot of suspense. It is self-proclaimed born-again Christian, evangelical Tennessee pastor and head of Global Vision Bible Church in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, Greg Frothy at the Mouth Lock. He split from the independent fundamentalist Baptist and started his own church because the Baptists were a little too liberal for him. They weren't apeshit enough. They didn't hate women and gay people and Muslims quite enough for Pastor Greg. You remember this guy. Back in 2015, he was doing just what Jesus would do, protesting middle schools for not hating Islam enough. Uh, in 2016, he went after Target for having a gender-neutral bathroom policy because that's not hateful enough to people. In 2019, he led Boston's straight pride parade, which had a tiny crowd of bigots and huge crowds of counter-protesters mocking them. In 2020, he made a lot of headlines because he kept having in-person services all throughout COVID-19 and attacked churches that closed because they didn't want to kill off their deeply aging congregants. Um, He also was on the advisory committee for evangelicals for Trump, went to the White House. Trump saw a kissy face with him. He was at January 6th. He was at the rally at the Capitol at the White House on January 6th, protesting the certification of votes for Joe Biden. The pastor, July of 2021, he attacked people who were wearing masks in his church, some of whom may have had immunity disorders, saying, I will ask you to leave. I am not playing these Democrat games up in this church. Threw people out of church for wearing masks during a plague. It took the lives of over one million Americans. Twitter banned him for spreading lies about the pandemic. He also said Hillary Clinton is a high priestess in the satanic church. He's burned lots of books. He called the Masonic Lodge a satanic cult. <laughs> oh, piss those guys off. Yeah, uh, he's accused people of Biden and Kamala Harris are sex traffickers. He said they're sex trafficking tunnels under the Capitol. Uh, he's attacked Oprah and the Pope and Tom Hanks are all pedophiles. He said autism is demon possession. He's just a sex-obsessed, demon-possessed, crypto-fascist, fake Christian mutt. Well, this week, he did something weird. Um, actually, he did it a couple, of, a couple of months ago, but it went viral this week. A really weird sermon he had in June where he went berserk on Barbie and demolished an iconic the, the dream house at the Global Vision Bible Church uh, during evening services on June 15th. He, he was preaching a sermon called Pulling Down Strongholds. I want to be thorough and I want to be theological tonight. And he wanted to get rid of unclean spirits and driving out demons. And he uncovered this Barbie dream house. He takes out a baseball bat with a Bible duct taped to it, which is always a good sign. Most of these people just duct tape the left behind books of their Bible and read that instead. And then he started smashing the three story house. It's kind of beautiful. And I don't really do justice to the spiritual depth of his sermon. Chris, if you would, here's Pastor Greg Locke on stage at his church with a bat and a Bible. I Just listen. The demon comes out when you expel it. The stronghold comes down when you demolish it with the Bible. Now he's using a Bible as an instrument of destruction which is the most apt metaphor I have ever heard for right-wing Christianity in America in my life. This conspiracy-peddling grifter. His pinned tweet says Trump won the election and Biden's going to prison, taping a Bible to a baseball bat. This is how religious extremists regard women. Barbie products trigger this hump. Not school shootings. Not gun violence. Not exploitation of the poor. No, no, no. 
you know, he, he flipped out and said uh, on Twitter, oh, did I mention that he's back on Twitter? Yeah. Guess what happened? Uh, Elon Musk let him back. <laughs> Just like Elon Musk is going to let back every troll who's ever sexually harassed you, ladies, when he gets rid of the block feature. He wrote to all the trolls on Twitter posting a pic and saying I preached against Barbie by destroying a dollhouse. Your ignorance is astounding. It was a message about breaking down houses of addiction and strongholds in our lives. Facts are important. So is optics. You duct tape a Bible to a bat and used it for destruction. And by the way, what has Greg Locke done to help people who are suffering from addiction? Anything? Poverty. Anything? Other strongholds of pain in our lives? Nothing. Nothing. He was just taking apart a dollhouse like Ben Shapiro, 12-year-old fascist burning a Barbie doll. This is serial killer shit. And I don't really know if this hurt Barbie's ticket sales. It has passed $1 billion. Uh, The Mattel Corporation has responded by encouraging all right-wing Christians to buy their own Barbie dream houses and then destroy it in solidarity. Because here's the beautiful thing. Mattel has his money, just like Mattel has Ben Shapiro's money. They give the money to get the props to destroy them. And people wonder why folks are running away from Christianity in America. At least right-wing Christianity. God bless all the good Christians. There are plenty of them out there. I wish they got as much media attention as Pastor Greg Locke. Let me go really quick to the phones. Hello to Debbie in North Carolina. Hi, Debbie. Thank you for your patience on hold. Hey, John. Thank you for taking my call tonight. Thank you. Usually I'm one of your day walkers that listens the next day, but uh, you started your monologue last night talking about North Carolina overriding uh, vetoing Governor Cooper. Yes. And I just had some stats about that. Please. If you don't mind. And if Please. anybody wants to check my stats, they can go to the Charlotte Observer or WRAL.com. Tell me your stats. Um, 47 days. That's how many days our General Assembly took to uh, line up the veto votes to override Governor Cooper. Not 47 days to pass our budget that was due 1 July. Not 47 days to pass Medicaid expansion. Uh Uh-huh. That's tied to our budget. Not 47 days to pass the budget to pay our teachers or bus drivers or anything like that. Now, another stat. Wow. Please. $1,974. That's how much it costs a taxpayer in per diem to pay for the General Assembly for those 47 days to veto Governor Cooper. Wow. They overrode his veto in 150 minutes, passing through both chambers of the Assembly. Hmm. That breaks down to $13,160 per minute that it cost the taxpayers. Wow. Wow. There were six bills that got overridden. Six. Okay. And we all know that the Fairness Women's Sports, which they uh, marched out some little girl who played volleyball in high school and said she got hit in the head by a transgender person. And she right. ended up with a concussion and a neck injury. Okay. Well, obviously, she wasn't good at playing sports anyhow, because if you play sports, you know you're going to get hurt. Well, hopefully not, but I understand the point you're making. Well, I'm still carrying nine scars where my face hit the floor playing volleyball. In oh, my. <laughs> okay. So, so, yeah, so then they're done what, that. What's your take on the situation then in your legislature? Because, my God, the power dynamics in the last couple of years going back and forth have been really wild. It's not going back and forth. They've done so many um, gerrymandering bills. I've lived in my house for 17 years. 
And mm-hmm. I've been in three different districts. They've gerrymandered. That's amazing. Not amazing. Um, Debbie, that um, is the most incredible stat I have heard all week, that you've lived in the same house 17 years, but your voting district has changed three times because they keep gerrymandering to try to cut down a certain party's influence in the legislature. Just amazing. And they just passed another bill Wednesday evening. They call it the uh, Election Integrity Act, but I call it the uh, <laughs> Voter Intimidation <laughs> <laughs> where, uh, it's, a good, it's a good one. Debbie, we're hitting a hard where, break. I'm sorry I got to go, but God okay. bless you. I love that you kept these stats. And don't be a stranger. It's a pleasure to hear from you. I'm still rooting for North Carolina. Okay, we got to take a very quick break. And when we come back, I am really happy to welcome our next guest. Kim Samuel has written a very beautiful book about finding connection in an age of isolation. And uh, I'm looking forward to the conversation. Stick around. Our comedians come up in hour number two. We're going to have a lot of fun. This is Progress. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Hey, everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on, because you know I love it when you do. So let's talk about being alone, because coming out of this pandemic, it seems like our crisis of isolation has only gotten worse. Um, This summer, a new report from Indian University revealed that uh, promoting a sense of belonging to incoming students actually has a higher retention rate during their time in the institution. Because college students, like every other kind of adult, like every kind of child, fundamentally have a need to belong. And a new book makes a brilliant case for belonging and connectedness as a solution to our current epidemic of isolation, because it is the quality of our relationships that matter the most, right? And yet we constantly see these stories all the time from the mainstream media talking about how uh, adults have very few friends, how Gen X men have less than five friends or only have two friends or very few. It's always about a number and not about the value of the friendship. It's about the quality, right? Not the quantity. Well, Kim Samuel 
is an activist and an educator and a leading voice in the global movement for belonging. She founded the Samuel Center for Social Connectedness, which works with advocates and researchers to fight social isolation and just build a greater sense of belonging around the world. She's a visiting research fellow at Green Templeton College, visiting scholar at the Oxford Poverty and Humanitarian and Human Development Initiative. And she's the author of a really special new book on belonging, Finding Connection in an Age of Isolation. And it really explores what this social isolation is and why it is a crisis. It's a real pleasure to welcome Kim Samuel to SiriusXM. Um, thank you so much for inviting me on your program. Uh, thank you so much. It's really a pleasure to have you. And I wanted to have you on the show. As soon as I read about this book, we, we hear so much about the crisis in American adulthood of being isolated, of being alone, of being lonely, and um, especially hitting the Generation X demographic. I'm sure you hear the same stories all the time. And of course, the pandemic made it worse. It seems like the Internet was supposed to bring us closer together, and it's only made us more isolated. I'm curious, what was it that first started you down this professional path of lending your voice and talents to discussing the value of human belonging? I agree agree with the comments that you've you've just made, including the Internet and, and a lot of other technology that's meant to bring us closer together and uh, and doesn't have that effect, maybe because that helps us to, to forget the things that bring yes. us together really in the first place. But for me, the, the this journey, and I really think of it as a long journey, started uh, in, uh, in 1997, precisely, when my uh, father, who has since passed on, had a, an out-of-the-blue brain injury and uh, still a mystery as to what happened, but he was in a coma for three months and uh, and he woke up very slowly and went to uh, to a re- rehabilitation hospital actually in uh, in Chicago. And I became aware of social isolation for the first time, and I became aware of it because of seeing how he was treated by by even well-meaning friends and others or by, uh, by an insurance policy. And I don't think what I'm saying is unique. It was just unique. It yeah. feels unique when it happens to your dad that wouldn't give uh, a dollar for his rehabilitation, saying that he had reached his sundown years. Uh, by that, he meant they met 65. And right. uh, and the state would pay for, um, for some kind of uh, institutional living in a nursing home, but not for him to be at home. So that kind of woke up in me this this feeling that that this was an injustice and that this isolation, this image. Uh, I should I should note for full disclosure, I can't even draw stick people, but in my mind, I can draw really well. And ever since then, I've seen pretty much every day. It's how I start my day. And I see a person sitting all alone at the bottom of a well. Uh, it doesn't look like my dad. It could be, it's a human figure. And and that's how I see isolation. So that was the first part in the uh, of an awakening. The second part was uh, in 2002, mm-hmm. uh, in May of 2002. And I was introduced to uh, Nelson Mandela, which which would have been enough, even if there hadn't been a conversation, to be honest. Yes. But it was uh, Gracia Michelle uh, is uh, who was his his wife and herself a great a great uh, leader and advocate, particularly on behalf of uh, of women and girls. And she uh, introduced me to her husband, 
And uh, we talked a bit about what I was working on and what had happened to my father and how I was working very much about isolation. Anyway, I then turned to Nelson Mandela and said, of course, you would know all about isolation. Mm. And he said, he said, no, I've never been isolated. And I thought, oh, things were going so well. <laughs> how, have I, how have I undone this moment in two seconds? But I did have a comeback. And I said, not even in Robben Island, where, as you know, Nelson Mandela spent 19 out of 27 years total in prison, in complete uh, isolation. And yet he said, no, I've never been isolated, not even in Robben Island. No, because in Robben Island, we were all brothers working together with a common purpose was never alone and uh and then talked about isolation in the in the eyes of a child with uh aids who no one would love or care for or feed and uh and he said i've seen isolation and and it is very bad and i don't mean that that the light went on in that moment or that i oh that i saw fourth of july fireworks it honestly was for me it was a a spiritual moment, dare I say, a moment related to faith, um, where it just came to me, oh, okay, well, this is what I'm going to be working on for the rest of my life. And, mm. and, uh, and that's what 20, uh, 21 years later, I'm uh, working on and hope to be working on it till the day I die. Well, um, your work is very powerful. And of course, you know, everyone at different points in their life can feel isolated to feel like, we don't belong anywhere. Most of us, I think, experience this at some form of our life, but it really obviously was amplified for almost everyone during COVID. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, you point out that this has always existed. And one of the things in your book that I find we need to talk about more is that isolation has a massive impact on physical and mental health. I is it true that isolation can impact the human body as much as smoking 15 cigarettes a day? Yes. And, uh, and maybe just to, to rhyme off a few other things that are directly re related. Depression, anxiety, high blood pressure, poor sleep, poor immune function, increased risk of stroke and dementia, higher rates of early death. And, and then the one that, that we know, and you know, I was going to say, I'm sure anyway, mental, all about our mental health, our well-being, and I would add our feelings of safety, which lead us to belonging. And and when we look at those, perhaps I could give you an anecdote about yes. just how serious this is. Okay, so I had the opportunity to do um, a few book launches, and one was in, in the UK at uh, a wonderful place called the Eden Project. And uh, the the founder of, of that uh, came up and he he spoke he he was there that day and he he said he just wanted to add something to what I'd said and I was talking along these lines he said he'd recently been for his checkup he said the good news is my doctor didn't want to know how much I was smoking I'm a smoker and how much I'm drinking I'm a drinker all he wanted to know is whether or not I was lonely because he said that's going to do more damage to you than the other two and and just to let you know that afterward I spoke with him, another John, and um, I said that was thank you for the for the props on that. But is that is that actually what happened? He said more or less yes. Um, uh, that was uh, that was what the doctor was talking about, which is not to say that I should drink or smoke, but that that was going to cause 
much and he was an older person much more damage to my health than uh than uh drinking or smoking so to me that is quite profound i agree i mean we're at this crazy place with technology where we've never been more connected yet never been more uh disassociated from each other at the same time and as you point out in your book human survival has always depended on tribes or communities banding together. We are hardwired as people to need other people. So where does this leave Homo sapiens in the age of of Instagram, where we know it's not real, but we're all constantly buying into these this uh, assumed version of perfection? And there is no perfection. That's one of the, I think maybe that's another conversation, but what are we striving for? When I think about uh, the the size of a community, uh, a rule of thumb for me is uh, a scholar called Robin Dunbar, who be nice to have a number named after you. So he has the Dunbar number named yeah. after him um, or he named it himself, but it's about, it's about 150 people is, is considered the optimal amount for us to, live in community together. Well, I uh, I think most of us don't live in communities, at least geographically with that size. I can give you an example. I went Please. to uh, I went to visit uh, Japan in researching for my book. And uh, one of the places that I went is a place called Ogimi Village, which is in the southernmost tip of Japan and within the prefecture of Okinawa. And it's known as one of the blue zones where there's a lot more centenarians uh, than anywhere else. And there's several of these around the world. And what I learned is that it's not a village. Uh, it's a lot of uh, hamlets. And in each one, there's probably about 12 uh, families or 12 dwellings. And people grow up there and are connected with each other for their whole uh, lives and care for one another. And I got to see oh gosh, what I would dream for all of us, it would be where people genuinely care as opposed to relying uh, relying on people to help you when you need help and, and, yet, and yet knowing that you really can't. But most yeah. of us don't live that way and most of us move around a lot. So I make the point, and, and it's actually, it didn't kind of stop and end with the book. I, I really go back to what is perennial and including what is perennial wisdom. We've always had this, um, oh, I don't know, picture you have someone on your right shoulder, someone on your left shoulder, and one's, one's saying to do one thing, one's the other. And we've had throughout human human history, we've we've done some really bad things to each other. Yeah. So it's not it's not about everything was so good once. I think what it's about is making the choice to be there for other people, but not in a way that you're helping someone or see them as a victim or less than you, but in a way right. that this is how, right? And that we all take care of one another. And I don't know, I don't know which, you know, it's a kind of chicken and egg. Did, did our reliance on whether it's all the different social media, I mean, there's, and there'll be something else invented tomorrow. Yeah. Is, is that something that we brought in? to enhance the quality of our lives? Or was it technology that was created simply because it could be created? And I, I always think about what happens when we're not online or when you go out to dinner and there's a, a family, maybe 
few generations of that family having dinner on a Sunday night, which I think is a beautiful affirmation and everybody's on their device and they're not talking to each other. And that, (laughs) you know, it actually makes me really sad (laughs) because those guys are supposed to represent. Um, But I do come back to what is it? What values are we putting forward? What is it that we value? And if we value uh, community, then uh, then we we have to think about how hard are we wor- going to work to to create and have that. And I also think about I think about what is belonging a lot, but I also yeah. think about what it means to not belong. And I think about a test of a community, which, which I I don't think there's a term called a belonging community, but let's say there is. What is <laughs> what is a belonging community? Look, <laughs> we just did that. What does yeah. it look like? You know, what What would the certification be? And I think the biggest test just might be for people who are new or considered outsiders uh, coming in. How are they welcomed? And and uh, I, uh, I think about, for example, the monastic tradition of um, of hospitality and yes. and welcoming in the stranger. And it's not up That's to it. you to decide if the stranger is worthy and maybe. Maybe that's something that we could bring into community uh, overall. But you you point out, you know, this isolation, this loneliness crisis is marked by the absence of agency and choice. Yes. You can't exercise belonging without them. And so many people feel that they are trapped in this kind of position. We, we only have a couple of minutes, but I'd, I'd love to just ask you briefly if you could discuss the, the four P's. Thank that you. you cover in the book, yeah. uh, the, the different aspects that, that, right. that interact with each other, please. Right. And um, first, a- agency and choice means that not just that you can put someone in the room, but that they have a voice and their voice is respected and heard and acted upon. And the four P's uh, that I call uh, the dimensions of belonging is our connection to people, which is almost the first that we think about to one another but also the connection to to place, which can be the physical place, which we've been discussing. It could be mm-hmm. connection to nature. It can even be connection to uh, a sense in an online community that brings people together, doesn't divide them. And uh, to power, which, uh, which I imagine not simply is vertically integrated where someone has to be on top, so someone else has to be on the bottom, but mm-hmm. how we can maybe think in in concentric circles like the ancient astronomers did what's at the center and uh, and purpose which is our our sense of purpose about uh it can be in the everyday or through a life but i think we all need to feel and know that we're valued and if we don't have that and that sense of purpose then it's pretty hard to feel like we belong i also feel that all four of those p's are not up to the individual alone. I think that we can all be there for each other and, and in a lot of very specific ways. And um, and often we, 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 we aren't. We look at tolerating something as opposed to stepping in and, uh, and taking some action. Well, then that leads to the million dollar question. Can that feeling of belonging, that feeling of purpose be found by making others feel like they belong by making others recognize that they have a purpose by service to others can that make one have a pathway to less isolation yes um i i firmly believe believe that and the uh 
the U.S. Surgeon General has been talking about this loneliness and uh, social isolation epidemic in the in the U.S. and talks about service as a pathway. The only thing that I wanted to kind of maybe add to the million dollar question is that to me, this is reciprocal. So you're never just giving and someone else is receiving that we can we can be both giver and receiver all the time so that even in their in their hardest times, um, an individual or a group of people can also show great resilience to those of us who are there to help. And I think if we if we look at it that way, uh, we can also realize belonging as as a birthright, not just something that we need, but something that can come yes. across all levels of policy too. Kim Samuel is the author of On Belonging, Finding Connection in an Age of Isolation. Kim, what is the best way for our listeners to follow you and learn more about your work? Oh, that's my million dollar question. <laughs> and I, did, I didn't write it down. It's, um, it's on uh, Kim um, at, under, at underscore belonging. And I have a website called uh, On Belonging. And I'm on Twitter. And I don't know the handle because I'm not keyed into that. <laughs> don't worry. It'll this just make you lonely. This, you don't want to be there. It's never been more lonely a place than yeah, it is now. It'll be more lonely. I, I, <laughs> I'm, uh, I would love to be found and I would love to, uh, I would love to connect with uh, anybody who's uh, interested. Keep the dialogue going. Thank you. Kim Samuel. Again, the book is On Belonging, Finding Connection in Age of Isolation. Thanks for joining us. Have a great weekend. Thank you very much. We will be right back with your calls. This is Progress. I'm John Fugel saying this is Serious X in Progress. It has come the time to welcome the non-experts, to welcome the ADD panel, to welcome our friends. Uh, we have been so blessed being out here for a couple of weeks, getting a lot of our favorite comics. You guys have had some had good company here. We, Alonzo Bowden came in for an hour. We had great yes. Proops was here. Ron uh, Perlman was here last week. Uh, terrifying Disney executives. Today, I'm really pleased to welcome back three of our favorites. Mr. Richard Chastler has done this show many times. He's an actor. He's a comedian. He's a writer. He's worked with... Who haven't you? Richard Pryor. He's worked with Kinnison. He worked with Bobcat Goldthwait, just to name a few. He toured with Mitch Hedberg, and he even talks to me. Welcome back, Richard. <laughs> Thanks, John. I'm happy to be here. I can't believe Shelley Winters would have been 103, 103 today. She looked 103 when she died. That was her power. Yes. She looked 103 <laughs> in the Diary of Anne Frank. Richard, are you ready for weather? There's going to be weather in your state this week, and I hope you're set. Uh, Southern California is going to get one year of rain in Within 24 to 48 hours. That would be amazing. I would be very happy if we could do that. We shored up a lot of our drought. Uh, last year, uh, we got an awful lot of rain. Yeah. And they said if we could get three more years like that, we would be completely out of drought status and back to actual normal water levels. So if we can get a year's worth of rain in a few days coming up... That would be excellent. So any of you, if you sustain property damage or are in jeopardy at all because of the floods um, and you want to blame somebody, Richard Chastler thinks it's all a good idea. You yes. can look him up on Twitter and uh, I highly recommend you project all your rage onto him. You. <laughs> you can dunk me in a tank. Also with us is uh, one of my favorite people, uh, Sarah Halstead, who every time I see her, I'm just like, God damn, this lady's funny. She's been in over 90 commercials, many guest star roles in film and TV. Her comedy special, Arby's and Cats, is available on Amazon. And check out her comedy album as well as podcast, Drinking During Business Hours, which I've had the great pleasure of being on. Uh, her show, Bottle Rock 
Comedy is at the Improv every month. I've had the pleasure of being on that. What a pleasure to have Sarah Halstead being on Ooh, us. Welcome. Well, thank you. That was the most thank awkwardly you. wonderful intro so I've given. Much. It's the best, I've, best intro ever. Thank you. Thank you very much. And thank you for mentioning Rosalind Carter turning 96 today. I mean, yeah. Now, do you think, and there was a big segment all over at, at every news board celebrating Rosalind. Now, do you think we'll do this for Melania Trump? When she turns 96. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. When, when she's celebrating her 77th year of marriage to Donald, we will all praise her for hanging it, it in there. It will be a big deal. Yeah, because he will deal. live that long, by the way, folks. He will uh. live that long. No, I mean, it's amazing because President Carter is in hospice and she's living with dementia, but not in hospice. So mm. they have essentially retired from public life. But just imagine 70s. I know marriages mm. feel like 77 years, but to be in one that lasts... And she's an amazing lady. Well, you know, and I'm only engaged to Rich Chesler to my left, but it sure feels like 96 years. Yeah, am I allowed to mention that? <laughs> yeah, it's always, it's always great when comedians get engaged to each other. I'm amazed when you can make it work. That's it's, my joke. That's my joke. I said it first. That's my joke. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, I couldn't even sleep with female comedians. I, I They kept giving me the light. It just doesn't work. <laughs> um, also with us, people of Earth, whether you like it or not, Mona Shake is back in the building. I'm yes. so glad you're with us. Uh, she's a great stand-up host, producer of Minority Report. With a Z, you may have seen her in Forbes, LA Times, Newsweek, LA Weekly, Huffington Post, Washington Post, BBC. Lady, you are everywhere. Welcome back. Thank you for having me. This is so exciting. Always, always good to be here, especially with like Rich Hassler and Sarah Halstead. I mean, God, I know. Could we have picked a better lineup tonight? I, I mean, know. Goodness. It's a good one. <laughs> well, Look at that. Listen, I'm glad y'all are here because I, I was planning on talking about the strike and asking how it's affecting you and if you're making good contacts on picket lines, but Hurricane Hillary in a span of 15 hours has gone from a tropical storm to a category four strength off the Pacific coast of Mexico. It's hitting Baja and it will be the first tropical storm to hit here in 84 years, uh, causing significant and rare impacts, including extensive flooding. Um, kind of scary. Is LA ready for this, Rich? I know you're well, ready for first it. First of all, we should lock up Hurricane Hillary. <laughs> we should lock her up for the winds. <laughs> the name seems a bit, it seems almost too soon. For the name Hurricane Hillary. But, you know, hurricanes are always named after women. Yeah. They're supposed to be. Most of the time, right? Yeah, they, they stopped that a few years Sometimes. back. Sometimes. They did, yeah. right? But, uh, Ivan, we have a few of them. They're all yeah. scary Russian names. Hurricane Bob Iger. That, yeah, her, yeah definitely. Bob Iger. Oh, I think Hurricane Iger. Karma, if you want to have Hillary instead. Right. But yeah. yeah. I, I voted for that Hillary, and I vote for this Hillary, too. So. Oh, you're a fan of hurricanes. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a fan of both Hillarys at I, this point. I'm a fan of just freakish weather happening in L.A. when I'm here. I mean, it would be like, it's like snow. I'm not a fan of hurricanes. So they ripped up all the trees in my dad's yard when I was a kid. They're, 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 <laughs> they're terrible in New York City. Uh, and I'm really, you know, hoping that the homeless are okay because um, the only thing journalists like That's more right. than talking about how much homeless LA has is uh, ignoring the plight of that homeless right. and how to help yep. them. So it's it's pretty scary, especially because Hawaii's on fire. Yes. Uh, Northern Canada is on fire. Uh, literally Madness. still on fire. Yeah. Um, uh, 20,000 people have uh, fled the city of Yellowknife in just the last 24 mm. hours. Terrible. And, yeah. At least these incidents aren't related at all. And <laughs> I tell you, no, it's crazy. It's crazy times. And, uh, you know, I lived in Miami for a long, long time. And I lived on the water. And I know exactly what booze to buy. 
<laughs> so, <laughs> so party at the Chasslers. There you go. Yes. I was going to say, like, if you're living in L.A. and if you're going to try to withstand the storm yourself, please know where there are dispensaries in your neighborhood. Yes. Folks. Yes. That's all I can say. That's great advice, indeed, John. Indeed. Yeah. Um, let's let's uh, shift to politics, shall we? Because um, there's going to be a Republican debate on on Wednesday. The first one. Amazing. The Suicide Squad cast will be assembled. Yes. And um, it's not as much fun as seeing all of the people who starred in the reality prank show, Let's Steal the Election and Have a Coup. They've all been indicted, and that's beautiful. Right. I want to get your thoughts on this. But, uh, we'll get to that. Here is uh, uh, former governor of Chris Christie and never future president Chris Christie uh, telling MSNBC that Donald Trump is a scaredy cat for not showing up. Being with us, is Donald Trump scared of you? Apparently, yes. Uh, that's all we can conclude. He apparently is very scared of me because it doesn't look like he's going to show up on Wednesday. And I, I, I don't think, given the memo I read, he's scared of Ron DeSantis. So, yeah, this DeSantis memo came out that, that was somehow released. Like his super PAC that can't legally give him points put out a hundreds of pages of opposition research and notes for the debate saying defend Donald Trump all the time against Chris Christie but attack Vivek Ramaswamy right and so now Ron DeSantis has to do the exact opposite of that in the debate or look like a complete schnook you know am I too excited about this I mean none of these people will probably ever be president and the star of the show is not going to be there he'll be surrendering to authorities probably Thursday morning to take all the headlines away I'm still excited because I just want to see how all of these desperate talentless motherfuckers try to square <laughs> themselves with a MAGA base that hates them before they open their mouth. Yeah, that I'm really looking forward to watching this debate. One of the reasons is for that exact reason. Watching people do something you know they have absolutely no chance at advancing in, like if the Mets made it into the playoffs. Okay, fuck you, Chastler. I got, <laughs> I'm just saying. I just took, too far, Rich. No, too I had to far. take my son and my nephew to a Mets game two weeks ago, and it was like a, it was like watching your pets die. It was exactly, terrible. Exactly, yeah. it's terrible. I know, and I'm from Long I'm Island. I'm still wearing black. I, I'm still wearing black two weeks later. Like, I, I'm from Long Island. <laughs> yeah. I grew up a Mets fan. You oh, know? I, listen, but, raising a child as a Mets fan violates Megan's uh, law. Did you know that? It counts as child <laughs> abuse. It is child abuse. It really, really is. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's just carnage every single year. But my point is, is that watching this debate is going to be like watching the Mets get into the playoffs. Well, do you think they actually have a shot? You're right. Or is You're this right. just kind of a fluke? They'll make it to prime time for a few weeks, but no but one's taking home a That's ring. about it, I exactly. Think, I think you're right, and I the, hate that. I, I just feel all the uh, Marvel villains are going to get together. <laughs> <laughs> and like Thanos is being interviewed by Tucker Carlson. That night, yes. Yes, Fat Thanos is going to be. I mean, they have, a lot in, they have a lot in common when you think about it, Trump and Thanos. They're both yeah. balding. They yeah. both. Um, it's more like Fat Nose. They they, they're both non-white people that's true. Uh, they both have a weird obsession with their daughters i think there's a lot in common there that's right Ooh, yeah. that's right yeah yeah but i mean he's going to do a interview with tucker carlson the night before right um to show how not scared he is and then surrender to authorities at a shitty jail and and uh, that morning in georgia to completely distract attention from the debate to show not how scared oh, he is yeah and at- maybe even get a mugshot. yes oh, yeah. and his height his real height and weight will be posted Yay. Oh yeah, five six three eighty two. Not quite. <laughs> um, I want to play some of uh, the boy who cried woke, Ron DeSantis, because it's it's sad. It it it, it at this point. I, I mean, it's not sad because he deserves everything that happens to him. But wow, it's just sad. Um, after all of this debate prep was leaked, and you realize that this man can't function in public, here he is saying he and his team are debate ready. When do we have Donald Trump on stage? Or oh, I can't say his name, can I? Here's DeSantis. 
Well, we're prepared either way. Um, you know, it, it, it is what it is, and I think everyone should debate uh, if you qualify. Uh, I think you owe it to the people to put out your vision, uh, to talk about your record, answer questions about, about your record and decisions that you may have made or not made. And if you're not willing to do that, then I think that, that people are not going to look kindly on that. So who knows what will end up happening. Uh, we'll oh, be prepared either way. Uh, but we're, I'm excited about doing it because... Most of what you do uh, in this process is is filtered through uh, through media, uh, and seldom so you get charming. the opportunity to speak directly uh, to this many uh, people. I mean, there'll probably be ten million, maybe fifty. Who knows? Maybe even more. So it gives you an opportunity to deliver deliver your message. Oh, watch out, Obama. Here's an orator. Uh, so in other words, what he's saying is, <laughs> what, what, did you catch what he just said? He just said Donald Trump is a coward. But I'm too much of a coward to say his name. Right. That's exactly what just happened. They're treating him like Macbeth. He's trying to call Trump a chicken shit in the most chicken shitted way possible. And I love it because he's in a tough position. He can't beat Trump at this point. I think he wants to be vice president. I think his whole goal now is to just be a fucking pinata and take all this abuse of Donald Trump to say, hey, bro, I'm your bitch and I represent Florida's electoral votes. And Trump can only legally serve one term. Yeah. So whoever his VP is the de facto nominee for the party of John Wilkes Booth uh, by the time we get to 2028. It almost doesn't matter who runs with him. They, they, they will not be able to win anyway in four years. I mean, it depends. Like, you know, I think Tim Scott's got a very good chance of being the running mate. You know what? Me racist or Nikki Haley? What? Me pussy grabber? Right. Oh exactly. Goodness. Yeah. I like, mean, I, I, I just feel like, um, well, you and I talked about this last time, John, that uh, you and I had this unpopular opinion that we both don't believe that he's going to prison. Oh, man, have I caught hell for that unpopular opinion? People get liberals get very mad when uh, and I come. And I, I guess I, I guess should come in my way then. Ooh, they, I mean, I, I get yelled at on Stephanie Miller's show all the time, but I, I'm, I'm not saying it because I don't want him to go to prison. I'm right. saying it because I don't want to see these nice Democrats and liberals have their heart broken like it's Robert Mueller all over again. Oh, I don't want to see you guys get hurt. I love you guys, and I'm just trying to tell everyone you don't need Trump in jail. You need Trump to not be. Naming judges anymore, right. but you don't need him in jail. Stop and smell the train wreck and watch his career and reputation go down in flames. It's beautiful right now. He's yes. in purgatory. Enjoy it. Agreed. Am I too Pollyannish in my no. glee no. with his destruction? No, it's almost better to watch him go down in a fiery ball of flames True. than sit in jail and let his businesses still make money. Well, uh. I just want to know, is he going to still have uh, Diet Coke and cheeseburgers in prison? Is that going to be part of the meal? Somehow I think he will because if he does go to jail, um, he's going to have house arrest at his shitty retirement golf club. That's true. He'll still be eating the chicken fajita bowl on Cinco de Mayo, (laughs) showing that he supports the Latin American. No, you know what? If he actually has to go inside into prison, what he's going to do is have his Secret Service agents give him Big Macs that he can give the Aryans to buy himself protection because you know that's the gang he would drift to. That's that's very true. And also, I just want to see that orange tan just grow out. You want to see it clash with orange? I just want to see it like orange with orange. Like, what an amazing look. (laughs) What is the real skin tone? of yeah. Donald Trump. Pasty white. Yeah, it's like an albino vampire mime. You know when Elmer's glue dries on a piece of cardboard? Yeah, I do. That's the color yeah, of yeah, that kind of trans, translucent and yes, brittle. Yes, exactly. I agree. Uh, we have a lot of people who want to weigh in. We're just getting warmed up. Stephen uh, in Kentucky, good evening and welcome. You're on SiriusXM with Sarah, Mona, Richard, and me. Hello. 
Well, I can tell you right now, if he ends up in your scenario, um, mm. we will have a civil war in this country because I yeah. can guarantee you people are not going to sit for that son of a bitch sitting there getting a slap on the wrist, which is essentially what you're proposing. Uh, so No, no, I'm not. Sure. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm proposing him being incarcerated in some form for the rest of his life. I just yeah, don't think he'll actually go to jail. And I think What's you're the, right. Uh, but I think you're deal. right. I think if he did go to jail, there wouldn't be a civil war. No one's going to secede, but there would be terrorist violence all over the country if he was incarcerated, which is why none of these judges are going to throw him in holding if he well, keeps I on don't violating give a damn the about terms. These judges. I don't give a damn okay. about the judges. Then I say that we need to impeach their asses and put somebody in there that has the backbone to do the job. The point how about is we see the how the trial goes first? <laughs> the, Constitution, the Constitution states that if you commit subversion against this country, you are disqualified from running. So I we know. can sit here yes. and we can talk and we can sit there and act like little stepford children and go along with the, with the whole thing right now. Yes. Or we can actually stand up have the backbone and stand up for what we believe in because it's getting a little bit old to tell you the truth we have other things to contend with as i've said before we have i saw that green woman talk today about 33 years for that uh terrorist uh from january 6th quite Mm -hmm. frankly i think we need to have an anti-domestic terrorism bill that actually sentences all these bastards including the ones that are he's trying to get riled up right now and Uh, send the message oh oh no i no why why good luck for because i i agree i think january 6th was terrorism according to the dictionary violence or the threat of violence used against government officials to enact policy change try it took it took four years for the media to call donald trump a liar how long is going to take them to call terrorism terrorism they were calling him a prevaricator a fabulist a man with whoppers they couldn't say the l word how how are they gonna ever say the t word Again, I don't give a damn about the media. They can screw themselves as far as I'm concerned. The fact is, I'm more concerned about the fact that we need healing in this country, and we are not going to get any healing. We all need to take a step back and look at this. The fact is that if we do not have him incarcerated behind bars, his fat ass behind bars, what's going to happen is we are not going to get any healing at all. We're just going to continue to, you know... But you just said if they put... But but Stephen, you just said if they put him behind bars, there'll be civil war or terrorism. I think the better solution is... I did not is, say... No, 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 no. I did I not say I must have that. heard you wrong at the top of the call. Well, you, did, you did hear me wrong. You did oh, hear I'm me wrong. I'm so what sorry. I, I hope I haven't it. upset your show. Forgive me. What I... But my point is... Go ahead. Go ahead. What I stated was that if he is not held in contempt and behind bars, then we would have civil war. That's exactly oh, I what see. I said. I see. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it would be the opposite, I'm afraid. I think if he was held behind bars, there would be terroristic violence all over the country. I'm still uh-huh. counting and- on a year of sustained, uh-huh. dramatic, brutal humiliation to put mm-hmm. a stank on him. And th- listen, you put him in jail, it's going to make him a martyr. and He's going to yeah. raise money and raise an army. But if you sh- humiliate this schmuck for the next year and reveal him to be the fat lying coward con man that he is let the support drift away little by little just as the fundraising has dribbled down with each right. successive indictment yep yeah I, well I, i'm sorry i don't see it that way i really don't well, i think that you're, you're more a fan of prison than i am <laughs> well all you're doing is giving him the platform that he wants by so what who cares who cares if he pretends to be a martyr there are people out here that see him for who he I really know, is Stephen. listen i'm with you 
I just I'm with Mona. I don't think he's at the, I don't. They didn't put anyone in jail for the Iraq War. They didn't put Nixon in jail. Well, they let you, most of the Confederates what, go away. They don't put powerful white men in jail if they've been in power in this country. They don't. But the fact is, you're not See, looking at another, opinion, another factor here. The fact is, that. we now have a man who who schemed with Russia, and not only he schemed with Russia, but the fact is, he committed a domestic terrorist attack in this country on January the 6th. I'm telling you right now, people are not going to stand for this. They're Steve, not gonna are you going are, are you to miss me when I'm gone for two and a half weeks? You're going to miss me so much, aren't you? I'm going to miss you. I have no idea. I didn't even know you were leaving. I'm Stephen, I want you to know something. All four of us sitting around this table in the studio right now, we all completely agree with you. Russ is sitting right here. There's five oh, of us. Five of us. Oh, Sorry. You otherizing my right beside we, we, you. We all, we, our heads. we all agree with you. And I think you have amazing energy. I think you're very smart and very well informed. And I think what you should do with that energy right now, because you're in Kentucky, is get Kentucky riled up to stop voting for Mitch McConnell. <laughs> <laughs> if you could do that, we're halfway home. I don't think Mitch McConnell's ever going to be on a ballot in Kentucky. Well, the reason why Mitch McConnell wins is because of eastern and western Kentucky. It's not because right. of people uh, in my part of the... Uh, no, right I mean, they. he keeps telling people that they're going to take their guns, and he keeps yeah. in the mountains of uh, eastern Kentucky. And so, right. uh, yeah, we've been down that road before, I tell you, and uh, it's unfortunate, but uh, I don't know. I know he's had some health issues, and I know there's right. been talk uh, now. Now there's yeah. some talk that he might be, uh, they might actually try to get him out of office because of that. That might happen. I, well, yeah, I mean, I'm not, He was I'm, buffering uh, like a dial please, up. Please, please, Stephen, thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. Yeah, yes. I saw the speech where he suddenly started going, recalculating, recalculating, recalculating. <laughs> that was a dial up right there. I, I could hear the old AOL. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say it's bad for. I'm not going to say he's he's in poor health, but Diane Feinstein just kicked his ass in the commissary. Yes, Chris, yes. <laughs> didn't it though? Part of you, I'm a, maybe I'm a romantic, but when he stopped like that, I thought maybe he'd just seen the most beautiful woman he's ever seen in his life across the Capitol, <laughs> and he was like like an '80s romance movie. He was just like that's got to be. It. He was gonna. He's gonna. He's he's like I have to go to her. You know, maybe it's just me. I'm a romantic. Out there, full of shine and full of sparkle. Yeah, it's a musical. That was it. That's a beautiful thought. Thank you. Well, like an 1880s <laughs> romance movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I'm not, I, you know, it's like, yeah, it, they're just awful. They're just awful. And we have to sit here and watch this. Yes, it's, it's true. Yeah. These are people with sadly. not only no conscience, but no love of country. And when you're talking about... Well, if, they love the country they pretend America is. Right. Right? They're deeply in love with what they think America should be. Right. It's what America actually is they have that a problem with, like. which reflects most of my relationships with women in my life. They're <laughs> big fans of what they know I could be, but what I actually am, they don't like that much. And that's Republican patriotism. Exactly. Uh, let me get one that's more... That's funny. That's my relationship with men, too. So. It really? Thanks, John. No, I, 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 would, I would do nothing but praise you. Uh, and like, like Rachel in L.A. Hi, Rachel. What's well, I am going to miss you for <laughs> the two Thank and a half you. weeks. Thanks for telling us okay. about the half week. <laughs> I like you. it when you tell us ahead of time and it's not like some surprise letdown. Well, it, so I'm excited you. for you. You're going to actually get real broadcasters to fill in for me for a couple, like guys who know what they're doing. Like the show's <laughs> going to get good for a couple of weeks, and then I'll come back well, and drag man. it back down here. <laughs> we like you. I like you. Listen, well, you. Um, I've been wanting to say this. It's just a little thing, but it goes in my mind every day. The contest for the presidency. You go in a contest. You how do you go 
in a contest, and before it even starts, you say, I will not accept the outcome of this contest. Like, I will not accept who wins. <laughs> how do you compete against people who won't even... How is that competing? <laughs> yeah, well, because none of them mean it, and they're all insincere. And no. they do whatever they have to do to get ahead uh, and achieve more power. So take comfort in that. They're craven losers. I'm going to take my voting machine and go home. I mean, it's non-binding. Like Donald Trump, you know, you have you have to sign this piece of paper saying that you'll support whoever the nominee is. It's like, what are you going to do if I don't? Donald right. Trump, wow, like Donald Trump will take that every bit as seriously as he says, I don't know, marriage vows? Sure, sign. Right, exactly. There we go. It's ridiculous. I mean, and I go back to, I'm, I, I was sympathizing. I understand. Me too. I agree with Stephen in Kentucky. But I, you know, a couple of days ago, I had that idea about the shed on the on the golf course. Maybe the shed could be right next to the wife's grave. Put him in the shed <laughs> yeah. next to uh, her grave on the thing. Let a guy stand out there. He can, like, pee in the ground or whatever. No, but I swear to God, something. Donald Trump is going to, he's going to sell parking over his ex-wife's grave. I in guarantee you. He's going to sell it at parking. <laughs> 25 bucks for two hours. Rachel, thank you so much for the call. Um, so, you know, look, I'm I'm so burned out on these people. Sarah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, you're smart. You don't do a ton of political stuff in your act. You just I come out there and please the crowd. I don't because I can't keep up. It's That's, every day. Yeah. There's every minute. There's new information, and and what you said five minutes ago feels dated. That's why I wanted it's, to be a political comic, so my material will be dated within five minutes, <laughs> and I can I can alienate half the audience before I ever talk, and uh, I and I won't be able to do a set on late night TV. It's so many great reasons to be a political comic. I don't know how you do it. I really don't. Uh, in obscurity. Um, can you guys stick around because I want to shift gears a bit. We have a lot of callers, but I also want to talk about uh, my favorite subject: what the fuck has happened to the site we used to call Twitter? And I want to play some. Uh, unpopular opinions with you guys and we'll take your calls if you're waiting on hold we'll be back in just a second this is progress It was on this date in in 1795, the Jay Treaty was signed by U.S. President George Washington with Great Britain. It's officially known as the Treaty of Amity, Commerce and Navigation between England and the U.S. It's an attempt to diffuse the tensions between the two countries. But the Jay Treaty is why um, indigenous people are allowed to travel between uh, the U.S. and Canada without having to uh, jump through a lot of uh, immigration hoops. I'm John Fugel saying this is Sirius XM Progress. 32 years ago today, an unsuccessful coup was attempted against President Mikhail Gorbachev in Russia. The Soviet hardliners were responsible. Gorbachev and his family were imprisoned effectively for three days while vacationing in Crimea. Just pointing that out, those Russians know how to attempt a coup every now and then. Just pointing it out, motherfuckers. There's a lot of open windows and high floors, and Vladimir Putin takes elevators. We are joined by three of our favorite comedians. Uh, Richard Chasler is here, the great Sarah Halstead, and the lovely Mona Shake. And, uh, you're doing a show, Ms. Halstead, yes. an edition of Bottle Shock? Yes. For our friends in Lahaina. I am. Tell yes. us. So the next Bottle Shock comedy uh, will be at Hollywood Improv September 10th at 7 p.m. That's Sunday. And 100% of the ticket proceeds go towards the victims of Lahaina. That's great. Thank you for doing that. Yes. Have yes, you ever been well, to Maui? I have been to Maui. It's yes. incredible. It it's is. Incredible. It's devastating. Absolutely devastating what's this, happened. This is really, I don't think most Americans have realized yet how atrocious the loss of life is going to be. There's oh, a thousand people who are missing who may have just been incinerated and blown to the winds. I was talking to Chris and Thea earlier and saying that friend of mine whose husband died on 9-11 just one day she got a knock on the door and they delivered her a tiny piece of her husband's shin bone a year later they had Jesus. been able to identify 
one little piece of bone, and that was the only physical remains of her husband. We're going to be seeing this number go so much higher than 100 people, Americans, uh, killed by these horrible fires. Yes. It might surpass the amount of Americans that perished on 9-11. I mean, there's a thousand missing and a hundred confirmed dead. Right. I I mean, probably, uh, I I can't imagine it being that high, but it could. You're right. I heard last night there were 1,800 unaccounted for people. This is incredible. Yeah. Incredible. September 11th was that? Over 3,000? It's almost 3,000. It was like 2,800 and change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's not counting people who died in the 20 years since because they, you know, had had respiratory issues and working there as well. Uh, Mona, you're working on a a different kind of benefit uh, for a more preventable kind of evil. Yeah, you know, uh, just trying to go after hobbits who are running uh, Disney and Netflix. Yeah, thank you. Um, I mean, the strike continues. The strike continues. Um, You know, the Empire strikes and uh, (laughs) (laughs) strikes back. So this this one is uh, we strike back. So I I think the last time I told you, so I'm working with SAG after a special events committee Mm -hmm. and um, they just approved. So I'm bringing on my comedian friends, including Sarah and Rich, uh, that are also going to be there. So August 28th, we're going to be picketing and uh, doing comedy uh, in front of Disney on the 28th from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. And then August 30th is going to be in front of Netflix from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. 10 a.m. stand-up show. What's the cover charge for this? Uh, it is uh, <laughs> Show up outside Disney. Just show up outside <laughs> Disney. That's the cover charge. Just show up it's awake. A bring, it's a bringer show, so bring people. <laughs> right. Mortal bringer. It's a and complete it's a, bringer. You get a two-line minimum. <laughs> nice, yeah, nice. That's, that's Can we right. work blue at this show, or is that, is that allowed? Totally. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. We, uh, yeah, blue. just wear the blue shirt. That's all. The, that's about the only blue you're allowed to have. Uh-huh. So I'd say, where, where should we go for more information? But just show up. Just show up right on, on the 28th, 28th and the 30th. Uh, 28th is Disney, and 30th is uh, Netflix. Yeah. Uh, and, and Sarah, it's early, but is there a website up yet that people can go to for Bottle Shot uh, Yes, HollywoodImprov.com. And Fantastic. on my website, SarahJHalstead.com. Fantastic. We that's are at 866 997 4748. Bobby in Oregon, you got any jokes for us? Oh, thank you for taking my call, John. It's always a thrill speaking with you. Hello to you thank and you. Uh, your panel there. Thank um, you. Yeah, I got a couple things for you. Um, according to David Letterman, the rising cost of wheat is because Chris Christie's off his diet. Oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Wow. Okay. So, um, yeah. And then the second thing was, I have a solution for the um, attorney general problem. See, what um, Joe Biden needs to do is dig up Ike Turner and reanimate him and make him the attorney general. That way Marjorie Trader Green and Jim Jordan don't just get arrested. They get slapped around. Okay. I'm, I'm a big see. fan of big fan of Mike Turner domestic violence humor. Anytime I can get it. Right on, man. <laughs> Take him up and reanimate him. I'm with you there. <laughs> Let's go for number three. Let's go for your closer. Oh, that's all I got for you. Oh, okay. <laughs> no worries. Bobby is fantastic. You're a solid middle. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. <laughs> there we go. Um, so can we can we talk about about the, the Twitter thing? I don't know if, yeah, if I'm the only person who and I call it Twitter. Yes, I dead name that shit. Um, I, I don't really understand what apartheid McBrat face is trying to do at this point. I keep saying. It is a it is a mob restaurant being burned down for the insurance money. But but today uh, I, he has the power to still shock me. And today and how to destroy t- Twitter and influence enemies. Elon Musk abruptly decided to take away the block feature. Um, 
Now, is, I, I, is he a closeted Republican? I can't no, tell. No, he is not a closeted Republican. He's, he's, he's out. He's blown, isn't he? Far right oh, yeah. wing activist. Oh, yeah. Millionaire at birth, apartheid mind baby, My far right wing yes. activist who doesn't understand because of his contempt for women. He has a transgender child he will not speak to who has that's, changed their name. That's right. But. You know, I don't do the block feature too much. I do the mute. I kind of feel like block has given too much power. Mute them. Let them waste their time talking to you. But I'm a guy. The block feature is there because you might shock you. There are men who are predators on social media who what? like to harass women and make their what? lives really difficult. Never heard of that. Never heard so, of that. So like only a freaking man could come out and say, oh, no more block feature now. No, yeah. no. Uh, now, now, So suddenly, as soon as it's gone, every predatory male, every woman is ever blocked on that godforsaken site. Welcome back. Well, that's the same mentality that uh, helped reverse uh, Roe v. Wade, so I'm not shocked. Yeah, you're right. That's the same mentality. And that's why... To be like, women should just be subjected to bullshit from men. Like, why shouldn't you? That's why Elon right, Musk Sarah? said he oh, should yes. totally be subjected oh, yes. to this. By the way, objectified. He, you know, talk yes. about him having a transgender child, which I knew about, and he doesn't talk to him. Elon Musk has that look about... I, I know his original name was Eleanor. <laughs> There's no. He has that kind of Renee Richards sort of look. No, on his I think face. it's more he transitioned from human to to reptile, Rich. I to sleep stack. Yeah, so <laughs> he really yes. is. Yeah, um, I'm sorry that the fight with Zuckerberg's been canceled because oh. uh, I, I I knew he would weasel out, but I yeah. just I wanted to see him shirtless. I just Why wanted them. Shirtless? I just want them to just pull their wee wees out at this point and just <laughs> we just figure out who's got the bigger one and call it a day. I thought that's well, all this was. In their that's world, exactly the wee wee is, is a bank statement. <laughs> All right, I'm going to unzip now and show you my savings account. I mean, you know, first off, um, he, he Elon found out a little too late that uh, most platforms require an app to have a block feature to protect people. But I'm curious if either of you two ladies have ever had to block uh, males on social media for gajillions. Um, I mean, right. Yeah. How often does that happen? Thousands, Co- right? Constantly. I can't, yes. Constantly. I mean, All the time. I, I mean, when I was on uh, CNN talking about Louis C.K. winning a Grammy, my Twitter was blowing up so badly that I was getting threats on there. I was have got, having guys like messaging me, like going up and like trying to find me on other social media platforms, like stalking me. Yeah. Right? And I had to go and block them from each one of them because it was getting out of control. So... Now what? I'm not going to be able to do that, so that means I'm just going to get off the fucking platform. Fuck it. Really? I'm just going to get off of this it. This guy has a way of driving people away from a once popular platform. He changed the name to X. X. And now you can't block people doing X-rated shit to you. Oh my God, the amount of gay porn, <laughs> the amount of just gay porn that pops up in my feeds now. I'm telling I mean, it's, I love it. I can't right. get enough, but sure. yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit of a surprise. Yes, I, and it, you know. I once received 42 dick pics Whoa. from the same guy. Wow. And his And then penis. you decided it was time to, to block And then him. she said, yes, she would marry not me. Until, not until I received the 42nd pick. Right. And well, the, first, I, the, yes, the first 41, it felt like proposal. flirting, but yeah. And they were dressed up. Like oh. one had glasses oh, and one no, had a little... Like, no, you got to give no. it A for effort, though. And, uh, a for effort. It was very... So, oh, yes, I just I'm, I mean, that is that is Generation X's one great contribution to world culture. The dick pic. I, that is our polio vaccine we produced. I don't so, mind getting dick pics as long as you, you know, you put them next to your credit score. I'm going I'm I'm to do a bad joke. I'm going to do a bad joke. Sounds like a really nasty episode of Cockla, Fran and Ollie. Oh, my God. Sorry. Wow. I couldn't resist. That's for the millennials, right? <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's, yeah. It's just to me, it's like, you know what, gentlemen, if a woman wants to see your penis, she She'll will ask, ask you, and yes. you can show it. Uh, otherwise, any woman you've only met on the internet, 
who really wants a picture of your penis yes. probably already has a penis, gentlemen. Just <laughs> here to help you. Well, Mona, I think we should just forward all of those pics to Elon. <laughs> oh yeah, right? that's a great idea. That's brilliant, and he can have a dick pic gallery. That's exactly at yes. Tesla. Ladies, so I think we have solved it. This is that's this is it. resistance. That's if, a good idea. If he this succeeds is... in getting into the block feature, and suddenly, like all the fucking Marvel Kangs from every universe come back, every predatory guy mm-hmm. you ever blocked is there. Yep. Just just link, just just Forward. attach every dick yes, pic to exactly. Elon. Tag him. Let him see everything. all those. Yes. Let him be the world's urologist every time he logs on. Oh, this I mean, fun. there is a part of me. I'm not. I mean, truth be known, there is a part of me that would like as much as I like Twitter or used to like Twitter. No, call it Twitter. I I do call it Twitter. There's enough websites with X, X in the title out I, there. I wouldn't. I've seen some of them. I uh, I wouldn't mind watching him tank a 44 billion dollar investment. Something about that would bring me great yeah, joy. Yeah, probably because it was the Saudi money that did it. But see, yeah. I think whoever loaned him that money was someone who had a keen interest in breaking up um, the world's number one global public square, where you'd go to see heads of state and activists and celebrities and journalists and fucking yep. everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Now, the thing that made the site special is driving everybody away. Right. The blue check mark is no longer where I go to see what the people of note who are who they say they are. Now it's right. racist, woman-hating anyway. cowards yep. who pay a billionaire eight bucks to say mm-hmm. they're verified when they fucking hide their name. Right. right. Yeah. And you know, the, the, the Twitter symbol, the logo, it was uplifting. Yes, it was. I liked that, you know, bright color blue. You don't think that nice 1980s font bird. X that looks like a Bob Guccione just, classy uh, project doesn't dum, doesn't work for you? Dum, da, dum, dum. It screams Drakkar. Oh. Right? <laughs> it does scream oh, Drakkar. It actually screams Drakkar. It actually screams small dick energy. It's, I mean, very yeah. small it, dick it, energy. It's just yeah. to me, I look at it and it makes me think of like, you know, four guys named Vinny in an IROC Z. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree. And the worst thing Elon Musk has ever done is make Mark Zuckerberg look good. You know, just like which is you got to work really hard. The worst to do thing that. Donald Trump did was make George W. Bush look good. Right? Yes. Seriously, there's always a worse bad guy. You get used to Darth Vader. Here's the Emperor. They always find a way to. do I mean, it. even Stevie called about that. Stevie Wonder and was just like, "This is not a good look." <laughs> uh, it is time now to play the unpopular opinions game, which Mona and I got an early start on. Um, this is where we ask you, "What is the opinion that gets your hip friends to suddenly call you less?" I have many. I loved Indiana Jones Five. I thought. Barbie was a better political script than Oppenheimer, uh, and I think Trump will never go to jail. Uh, Richard, what is your unpopular opinion that drives people away? We've had some good ones this week from comics. I don't think there's anything wrong with drinking and driving if you're not that drunk. Oh. Are you, are you doing a bit? Or are yeah, you really I'm doing a bit. No, I'm doing a bit. Because <laughs> I was doing a bit. Because, I, I mean, I, I can play Hitler at some good ideas if you no, want. But no, you know. you, you, no. <laughs> triple our hate you mail. You got me. I'm not going to. Wow. Gonna, that was, uh, That's no, wow. Well, the block feature's not going to come in handy now. No, it's oh great, because there was a while there where Billy Joel had the same mentality, so I'm glad you yeah. both don't mean it. Um, <laughs> what is your heart attack past? All right, what is your what is your unpopular opinion that you actually hold? Uh, Go-Go's were one of the greatest bands to come out of the 80s. Is that an unpopular opinion? It is to a lot of people. Really? Yeah. I saw them live a couple years ago at the Bowery Ballroom and they were Phenomenal. insane. Phenomenal. They're a punk band. I agree. They're an LA punk band yes. in their 60s. I don't disagree. They're amazing, but there's a lot of people like, what? They who doesn't like music? the Go-Go's? Who doesn't like the Go-Go's? People who think they were pop music. Mm. Is this an unpopular opinion, folks? We want to know. Uh, okay, Chris, r- write that one down. Miss um, Mona Shake, what, what is your unpopular opinion? Um, Besides the fact that uh, Trump isn't going to prison. Yeah, I can't use that one. I also think um, 
Uh, I, I was thinking about. I, I haven't seen Barbie yet, but I do want to see it. Um, I haven't had a chance. It it is horrifying. The exact perfect mediocre man. That's why I love it. Uh, oh, okay. I I, 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 I definitely love, have right? to see it. When Ben Shapiro got so upset, he threw his booster seat at the screen. I'm like, I'm gonna go see this movie. <laughs> I cried. Did you know that they banned Barbie in some Middle Eastern countries? I think in Pakistan they also went after it. They were like, it is too, it's too much. And I was like, right, because it's about feminism, empowering women, and, and that threatens you guys. And it yes. never makes fun of men. It makes fun of men who are terrified of women right. who right. don't need men. That's right. the only group that's mocked yeah. in this film. Yeah. yeah, and they got very scared about that. Uh, another. By the uh, way, uh, Oppenheimer, there's no opening scheduled for that in Japan. No plans to open that in Japan. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I don't know why. Just point that out. It's not going to be the Hiroshima Nineplex? Uh, Japan is very upset that they've that Warner Brothers has marketed these two films together. Like, there were memes that Warner Brothers shared of Barbie in front of a mushroom cloud, and it's like, <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Guys. Uh, we like mushrooms. The ones <laughs> do, do that you get have, you high. But do you have an, an unpopular opinion? Uh, another unpopular opinion I have is uh, that uh, Giuliani might drop dead. Ooh, Yeah. He's such a healthy guy, but you're right. I mean, especially when that dye is melting off his side of his face. Have yeah. you ever seen that? Oh, I have seen that. That's great. Yeah, I oh, like sure. his, his goth period. Yeah, I, I mean, Trump is already not paying his uh, bills mm-hmm. uh, for you know for all the all the lawyer bills. So I, I don't know if he's if his faint little heart. So Giuliani be might drop dead. Is your unpopular opinion? That's my unpopular opinion. Okay, you guys have opinions that I, I, I maybe we should talk about what the word unpopular means. But <laughs> Okay. I don't know. Well, how many people have called you and told you that Giuliani's going to drop dead? Not that many. Nobody. There you go. So no, that's they've, un, that's well, more, they've, they've all said he's going to drop dead in prison. That they've said that. Uh, interesting. Know. Well, yeah. that is if you believe he is going to go to prison. He's seventy-nine years old. He has a choice of ratting out Trump or dying in jail. Mm. It's kind of beautiful, isn't it? Yeah, it is. and he's it he's is. so disloyal. He will absolutely rat out Donald yeah, Trump He'll in a hard flip like a crack house mattress. Absolutely. That one. <laughs> Sarah Halstead, what is your unpopular opinion? Well, you know, going back to feminism, oh, I, you're yes, going to win. Let's, All right. let's, oh. let's get back I mean, it's on a that layup topic. this time. You got it. Since, I mean, well, go I mean, this kind of seems to be the theme of the show. <laughs> okay. Um, I believe that thong underwear need to go away. Yes. And every time I put one on, I hear the song stuck in the middle with you. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell? Wow. That's not very popular in my house. I have to say, all three of you have opinions that maybe a lot of people would share, but maybe, maybe, um, oh man, Chris, are you you taking these down, Chris? So So, so the the unpopular opinions tonight are uh, Giuliani might drop dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's only so, seventy nine. So, as opposed um, to, as opposed to, like he won't face justice; he'll die first. Is that what you're saying? That's right. That's right. That's what I'm. Thinking. Oh, I thought you meant like he's not going to rise from a crypt. He's just going to. Okay, I understand. Well, he's that. already be, the crypt keeper. Yeah. yeah. So Giuliani will not face justice for health reasons. I'm Fenguli. <laughs> um, Richards, Richards is that? Uh, go ahead, say it again. Well, I said that the, the Go Go's were one of the greatest. The Go Go's were one of the greatest days, bands. I did have a Hunter 80s. Biden. What's uh, your Hunter Biden unpopular one? I, I'm, I'm ready. You can all cheat here. Go ahead. I, I honestly think that uh, if Hunter Biden did something wrong, Hunter Biden's got to pay the price. Oh, I, I, that's my opinion. That too. is yeah. my opinion. Yeah. And a lot of it's people. It's nice not being in a cult and being able to say that. Yes, isn't it? it is. It's <laughs> nice not giving a, a fuck. A lot of people. I was in a conversation with someone yesterday. Said you can't say that. Oh, it's lovely to that's say. Bu- it's the truth. It's so nice to not be in a cult. Yeah. Yeah. If, I mean, Bi- if Hunter Biden did something wrong. I, we- I like saying if Hunter Biden did anything against the law, he should be tried and receive a fair trial and accept his punishment. Can you say the same about Agreed. Trump and his kids? I feel the same way. Yeah. And I think that the White House should give him back his blow. 
<laughs> it wasn't his I blow. Know it wasn't Whose his blow. blow. Was it? It was someone who enters through the visitor entrance. That's who it was. It was, a, who visitor. It was. I need to it know. a visitor. You can't dust for blow. <laughs> um, all right. So, so I don't know which one of those, Chris. Let's and go then, with Hunter Biden. And then Sarah saying that I, 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 Sarah saying thongs underwear has to go away. I mean, I would. I mean, a lot of women like thong underwear because it doesn't have lines on clothing. They're also masochists. Bring back the lines. Let's I'll, see. I'll, Let's I'll, I'll, what about what about again. I'm against the death penalty, but I support it for men wearing thongs. Oh, that's definitely. My, yeah, right. yeah, that's, that's my popular okay. opinion. That is popular. Okay. Can, I, can I cheat a little bit yeah, and just say on. that um, I have a feeling that Kim Kardashian is going to eventually run for presidency, and the thought horrifies the shit out of me. Mm. Yeah, I have a feeling that within 20 years, we'll all just be voting for whatever billionaire is most popular from each party. I mean, we're already an oligarchy, but she'll yeah. be we'll our first there, female yeah. president. You think? The way this country's going? Yeah, I probably yeah, should. Probably, I agree. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's not even... Anyone who had a series on E, that's, essentially. That's it. Okay. This is actually so weird, it's kind of tough. And uh, I... Mm, I don't... <laughs> Mm. Um, Okay, and ladies, you're welcome to weigh in on this as well. Uh, Should thong underwear for women be banned? I I was told there were practical considerations for this. They hurt. Are you wearing it the right way? Okay, um, let's uh, go to our boss, Chris Hauselt. Chris, you have been tabulating the results with the international team of judges for the Unpopular Opinions game once again. Mona? (laughs) <laughs> um, this is a this is a hard one. Um, well, Sarah uh, think, thinks that thong underwear for women should be banned. Uh, right. You know the rest. Um, Rich had a better one, which I wish he would have used instead. You want to tell the one you came up? I was count. saying that Doesn't I think count. it's time. Let's go ahead and say. I it. was just saying I think it's time the Menendez brothers get let out of prison. There you go. They're still like, alive. Like, yes. <laughs> but you want he wants them out of jail. Like the popular vote, it, it, it's true, but it means nothing. Right. And then um, and Mona. Yours I, was? Um, well, I said um, Kim Kardashian's going to eventually run for president. Oh, okay. Well, that's actually a good, that's a very good one. Okay, so Chris, it falls to you, sir. What is the uh, most unpopular opinion of our esteemed guests? Oh, uh, so that's the official one? Because I was going with the Giuliani one for a while. I know, uh, that really oh, we said Giuliani Yeah, but no, too, she yeah. changed it before the break. She's allowed. That really throws a, a wrench into things. Yeah. <sighs> to I be honest, know. I mean, I mean uh, it, it, it's about what will make people more upset and I would say that it's got to be the Kim Kardashian one. Yeah, I think that'll yeah, upset people. I think that's right. I think, I think right. there are a lot of people that hate thongs. I think the Go-Go's are a really great band. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is it okay if I think the Cisco thong song should be banned? I think we can all agree on that. Uh, yes. All right. Okay, thank, thank you. you. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. That's, 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 your, anthem. that's your wedding <laughs> song. <laughs> right there. Exactly. So, Mona, you won. You have the most unpopular opinion. That's amazing. Thanks for well, having having dinner after this. My mom's going to find out that I'm unpopular. I can still wear thongs on my feet, though, right? <laughs> yes, that's encouraged. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's another thing you have in common with Jesus. Really quick, Rich. How do we follow you? Uh, you can follow all my socials at Rich Chassler, uh, Twitter, Instagram, everything else. Sarah Halstead. I am at Sarah Halstead. Mona Shea. Mona's Comedy on Twitter and Instagram. Guys, thank you all so much. Chris and Thea, thank you. Uh, what a great show we had tonight. This is SiriusXM Progress. Peace. <laughs> 